y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 20, The Art of Podcasting. Like always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean, and on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. And I just want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Abyss102. Thanks for leaving that review on iTunes. And we're going to be sending you some posters real soon. Anybody listening, uh, listen to us on iTunes, subscribe, and, yeah. and leave us a review. Just leave us a review and rate us. It's very important. <laughs> um, and then Mother's Day is coming up. So special shout out, un abrazo para todas las madres allá afuera, to all the moms, big hugs, kisses. Happy Mother's Day. All right, we've been doing this now 20 episodes. We have so much knowledge. We have 20 episodes worth of knowledge. Yeah, we're experts now. Um, we figured this would be a good time to take a pause and turn around and reflect back on some of the things that we've learned along the way, some of the things to do's and don'ts, things to avoid, mm-hmm. um, and things to keep in mind when podcasting. Um, I figure some of our listeners probably want to start a podcast of their own, or maybe they did at one point and and let it go. So I figured, why not share some of this information and maybe this might help you guys to rethink the way you approach podcasting if you were interested in doing a podcast. Uh, I used to listen to podcasts for years. What about you, Carla? You've gotten into podcasts, right? Yeah, I've listened to to Suakopong. And I think, you know, you start as a listener and then you look at it and you say, oh, there's things that I'd like to share also, you know, because it's a one way communication. So then you start to feel like well, I'd like to I'd like to share my information out there with the world. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure some of our listeners are interested in podcasting. So here's some tips for you guys. We came up with a few, just six, six little bullet points mm-hmm. of what to keep in mind when you want to start podcasting. Um, so I'm not going to get into I'm not going to get into technical stuff like equipment and all that. I think it all depends on your budget. It depends on your technical know-how. Um, I have a very basic setup. I have two microphones and a mixer and an iMac and I, gar- I record into GarageBand. I like to record into GarageBand because I can edit it and I can add music and all that kind of stuff. And that's something that I like to do. I think it adds value to the audio experience. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's pretty simple to work with too. Yeah. And it's free, so <laughs> that's a big plus. All the technical stuff aside, let's start with our list. Number one, and the most important one, I think, is schedule. When you want to start something like a podcast or a live stream or something like that, you should really consider the schedule. The schedule of your podcast, when it's going to be released, and your schedule for recording your podcast. How yeah. often can you record? That's very important. You know, you have a busy schedule, and you... you don't imagine that you could ever record a podcast. And then other times you have so much free time, let's say mm-hmm. a weekend that you have nothing to do. And you're like, damn, I could do a podcast. I could do many podcasts. And I think you got to be realistic. You should know what are your capabilities before you start a project like a podcast. Don't think about how you're going to get 20 episodes done. Think about how you're going to get 100 episodes done or 200 episodes done. Right. So your schedule has to be able to sustain itself for recording it has to work out with your regular schedule and then maybe find a time to sit down record your episodes and then for posting that i think it has to be a little bit more strategic depending on when you think people people are going to be more willing to listen to your episodes on how long would you leave the episode on um before putting a new episode so true yeah i think it's that there's a strategy there um all right so scheduling scheduling is important that's i think one of the most important things um to be honest and especially because if you're not getting paid for your podcast and you don't have a sponsor or anything the schedule is the thing that is going to be is going to mean whether the podcast will survive or not um i think point number two and i think this is what everybody loves is the part that is the funnest is the concept of your yeah. podcast the format what is the concept of your podcast is it entertainment is it education is it 
um, just jokes? Is it movie reviews? Is What it... do you want to say? Yeah. Um, uh, for, our, for our podcast, you know, we already had a concept brewing in our mind. Uh, we had been listening to so many podcasts and realized there was a, like a little hole for bilingual podcasting. We felt like that concept wasn't really out there as much as we'd like to hear it out there. We figured that would be a lane that that is natural to us so we could participate in that. Yeah. Um, also, our podcast is a ton of our podcasts. I, there was no need for me to say, hey, I wanna, I'm going to be original. I'm going to start an art <laughs> podcast. Um, so that that's just an added plus. That's just a given. Anything I do is going to be related to art. But I think the uh, bilingual element is part of our concept that made it a reason for us, a motivation yeah, for us to make I, a podcast. But I also think that in the art part, um, it's another view also because... Um, you being a graffiti artist, fine artist, commercial artist, um, there's a lot of information that you can put out there that maybe a person that is just an artist cannot. So True. that's original too. True. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was our concept. I mean, we, yeah. we know a lot of different people who have podcasts and they, everybody has different concepts for what their, you know, podcast should be. I think within concept and format. There's a lot of room to play and experiment. Your format can be, hey, we just grab two mics and sit around and talk, mm -hmm. right? That's our format. We just like to talk off the top of our heads. But even if you're talking off the top of your head, you should have some form of some form of format, an introduction, a middle area, um, some sense of how you develop a, a conversation between the two people talking, or even if it's just you talking by yourself. Yeah. You know, a format helps the listener to know what to expect you know mm -hmm. you 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 give them a rhythm so that every time they tune into your podcast they understand what's the rhythm of your podcast and, and then it's more enjoyable yeah because sometimes without a format at all um the conversation can get lost and then everybody is just the the person the people in the conversation and then the person that is listening to a the conversation they're all lost yeah um <laughs> I, i think also um If you're tuning into an, a podcast for the first time, if you're a brand new listener and you see that the podcast is one hour and you don't know the format and you don't get a sense of that, that the podcast has a format, yeah. you don't know how long you want to hang in there for. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, if you hear the conversation steering left and right and you're like, well, where are these people going? Mm -hmm. You might start tuning out. So that's another reason why a format helps people to predict when certain areas are going to stop or when the conversation is going to shift around. And so that helps. So. We got number one, schedule. Number two, concept, format. Let's go on to number three, which is, and this is what I'm doing right now, is <laughs> reading off my list. Number three is write out the subjects beforehand. Mm -hmm. Some people don't like to do this. And I understand the majority of the, of the podcasts. Well, I can't even say that. I can't say the majority because I, I listen to no, a lot of podcasts yeah. that are scripted. Mm -hmm. So you should write out the subjects because number one, it's good to have a list of content ahead of time that's going to help you never to run dry right mm -hmm. um if you want to do if you want to survive to episode 200 you're going to have to have some of the stuff written down and planned ahead yeah uh number two you want to have a planned ahead because you want to have the subjects that maybe tell a story like one episode to the next it kind of it kind of fleshes out your background mm -hmm. as a as a podcaster um i'll give you an example let's say a celebrity let's say uh let's say howard stern is a famous radio personality Um, I'm sure from episode to episode, you hear different stories from him, whether he's working on something or he's working on a, on a project, you know, maybe writing a book on the side or something like that. And he's telling these stories from episode to episode. As these episodes build up, you get to know more of the personality behind the speaker, the person speaking. Right. And if you write out your subjects, you will you will begin to realize that you're sharing parts of little parts, fragments of your life with the listener. And episode to episode, they build up. And what you want to do is you want to control that. You want to kind of mold what you're sharing with the listener so that if they do listen and you have loyal listeners that listen episode to episode, they're going to get a full epic story by mm -hmm. episode 200. They'll understand you better. And that will also go into the schedule. And the thing is that when you planned out or when you have themes that you want to talk about 
on each episode then you can plan out maybe if we have special event on a specific date then we right. can talk about that event or we can talk about that holiday right so planning out um with the schedule and also with your topics with your themes will help you to make your content more um current and writing out subjects ahead of time can help you to think ahead and 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 um, get a little more production value into your yeah. episodes you can think ahead and get guests yeah that you know invite guests to talk along with you that will relate to a subject that you planned ahead to record and then you know to look for these guests and to see how can you you know get that good conversation happening and also research if you plan ahead you can tackle subjects that maybe you're not a hundred percent familiar on but you can do a little research ahead of time and kind of get more familiar with these subjects and it'll make it'll make for a more interesting experience for yourself as the podcaster and for the listener so writing out your subjects ahead of time very important that's why it's number three así es number four numero cuatro pre-record your episodes <laughs> this is i can't i can't Ooh. this is a big one and i i recommend it i can't recommend it enough yeah pre-record some of your episodes so plan ahead and also pre-record your episodes have some episodes recorded on the side that can help you in case that there is a rainy weekend that you just can't get up and you can't record um, maybe you have a wedding on a weekend or you have something happening that night and you just Maybe you got laundry you got to do. I don't know. You got things you got to do. <laughs> Let's don't talk about that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you might have things in life that happen and they prevent you from being able to record on a schedule on the fly. So what you want to do is you want to pre-record episodes. You want to have some in the bag. We try to have at least one or two weeks ahead of schedule recorded. Yeah. Um, except on some situations that we try to squeeze one in, you know, when we can. Um more recent more current but we try to have pre-recorded episodes i think it helps i think that was a problem when we were doing the live stream that everything was mm -hmm. live yeah for the live stream it was that was tough a lot it was a lot because it wasn't it was not only that it was live but it was live for four hours mm -hmm. so being live for four hours let's say from nine to two in the morning is tough It's tough. And it, and we weren't scripting it or anything. Nothing. So that, it mm -hmm. was all on the fly. It was all, you know, just spontaneous. There was there was some areas where we would ramble on and start talking about <laughs> subjects and it would the conversations would change with our mood and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's another reason why if you script out and you pre-record and you plan ahead your episodes, I think you spread out your information. You don't have to throw it all into one night. Exactly. And one episode. Exactly. You, know? you don't have to talk about everything in one episode. <laughs> you can spread it out and that helps. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Um, all right. So pre-recording episodes, that's, that's why it's number four. And it's very important. Number five. Yes. This is the one that people also enjoy a lot, uh, especially graphic artists, but packaging your podcasts. I recommend that. That's on the list. That's one of the important things to do and to keep in mind. Packaging your podcast. Obviously, you're going to come up with a name for your podcast. Some people like very catchy names. Yeah. On my podcast, this podcast, we went very generic. It's just Cortez NYC Livestream. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's just a continuation of the live stream. <laughs> very generic. But some people like to do catchy names. I think catchy names help, but I don't think it's going to make or break your podcast. Mm -hmm. I think if your podcast has good content, people are going to listen in and follow you. Yeah, I know podcasts that they have very simple names, straightforward, and because of the content is good, everybody wants to listen to a podcast. But one thing that is true is packaging the visual that goes along with your podcast. That's important. Yeah. Because that's how you're going to catch new people that never heard of you. Mm -hmm. They might just see your icon or you know your, your album cover in iTunes and they might click on it. So... It is important to package it well. Come up with a catchy little logo. Come up with a catchy image, a catchy album cover. Yeah. Um, also, part of packaging your podcast is the music. Mm -hmm. The music behind when we're speaking right now, that's music that I've had and that's just music I've created over the years and I just have happen to have it. And I think the music helps. It helps the timing of conversations. It helps 
the listening experience. At least you have something in the background. Yeah, um, it's, it's not that silence. Uh huh. <laughs> it's it's better because um, the majority of podcasts, because of the right of the music, they don't yeah, have the copyrights and all the that. copyrights. Yeah, they don't have background music. Uh, background music. Sorry. Um, so I think that our music helps a lot. Yeah, it makes it more interactive. Yeah, and like then, a radio show. Yeah, and then also um, the music. I think, you know, some it's you know people have to edit it, and they don't want to. They don't want to play DJ. They don't want to edit a bunch of music behind them and, and mm -hmm, spend hours mm -hmm. doing that. So a lot of people don't do that yeah. on their podcast. Yeah. But what I do is that I lay out all my music in GarageBand. You know, I, I I have like 12 songs in the background, and I just record over it, and I have different variations. And that's why you'll hear some of them they repeat but um but it's in the background and that's what it is mm -hmm. so music is important that's part of the packaging your logo is important your album cover next thing is your instagram your website your flyers promo promotion promotion that's part of your packaging and that's also important uh having a website for your podcast having an instagram at least and instagram i think is important because I've seen, I'm managing the social media for the podcast, and I'm seeing that on Instagram is where we get more of the reaction, more of the people saying, we're listening, um, we want to know more about it, where we can find it. Um, and with Facebook and Twitter, it's a little bit more tricky. People, I don't know, they don't interact that much on those two platforms but i think that's depending how you use the platform i think that if you use um as part of the packaging twitter let's say to be tweeting about recent events and then maybe hashtag your podcast then you're gonna get more reactions yeah um but yeah it is important because that's that's how you see if people are really paying attention and not only that then you go to your um Podbean or SoundCloud, whatever it is your, um, how you call the, the website? The host. The host, sorry. Yeah. Whatever is your host, and then you can check how many people are listening and where are they coming from, meaning what platform they're using. So all that is part of the packaging because that way you can know how to tackle the promotion. Yeah, and then also you're packaging this podcast for the long run. Um, when we're creating this, we're in episode 20. Yeah. We're going to blink and it's going to be episode 100. Yeah. Because yeah. this episode 20 is already really fast. We're, mm -hmm. we're, we're broadcasting twice a week. Mm -hmm. We're going to have listeners that are going to come across us, across, across this podcast, once we're on episode 100, episode 200. Mm -hmm. And you want your episode to be packaged well with all the production value that you can put into it, all the topics that you can, you know, organize and put in a nice sequence. So that when they come across it, it's it's well packaged for them. Yeah. They receive something that lasts a long time. It has longevity. It has shelf life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to make a podcast that is so specific and so last minute that when somebody comes across it, it's kind of old news or it's kind of like dated, you mm -hmm. know, and, and or it's something that's so so low value that it just feels like somebody just put it together, you know, overnight. Um, so I think that's where packaging also helps, you know, making sure also on iTunes that you put your subjects, your description of your podcast, yeah. what's what's in the episode, what's the content. Yeah, that's that's another thing. And so yeah, if, exactly. So if you're scripting your podcast, you can put that information already. You have it written down. You put that right into your description. And that's part of the scheduling and that's part of having your themes ready because then it's going to be much easier for you if you if you have all your notes ready to then go into the promotion and into the preparation of the post or the podcast uh, notes and all that um, because you have it ready so yeah. it's not that big of a deal yeah. yeah so that's number five packaging packaging is important moving on to number six yes says remember that and now this is a little more about tips uh, or, or things to keep in mind when podcasting mm -hmm. remember that podcasting is strictly audio mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize that mm -hmm. podcasting is strictly audio there's no visual really attached to it even though we try to tie it in with some visuals on instagram but there is no visual attached to it so the most important thing you could do in your podcast and keep in mind is storytelling you have to tell stories yeah. you have to speak always when you're speaking even if you're speaking alone even if you don't have you don't have a podcasting partner and you're speaking alone speak to your listener remember that 
as I'm speaking into this microphone, you're listening to me, you're hearing me in your ear, and I'm speaking to somebody right now, and I'm in your head. Um, but but respect that. You got to respect the listener. You have to, if you're gonna talk to them, share a story. You know, yeah. have have a have a beginning, a middle, and end to your conversation. Um, try to try to respect the storytelling process. Um, and I think if you if you pay attention to that along the way, you become a better storyteller and a, and a better podcaster. Um, I think uh, humor, you know, it's an audio, it's only it's an audio medium, strictly audio. So humor is important. Yeah, you have to have like levels to your conversations. Yeah, it cannot be all in the same tone or monotonous, right? It yeah. needs to have like we're talking about this, and then now we're gonna have. This different mood yeah. for this other conversation, and I think that helps also the listeners to feel a little bit more into what you're talking about, and also for them to feel, to actually feel something. Yeah, with your to story. make a connection, mm -hmm. to make a connection between the listener and, and the uh, the speaker. You wanna, you wanna, even if you're gonna give information, be educational. And, you know, if you wanna have that kind of podcast. You should still try to keep a story, keep try to tell a story with your information. Yeah. Um, yeah some of the best teachers are good storytellers, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's important. Uh, use all the tricks you can, paying attention to your voice and, and listen to your voice and listen to what you're doing. Also control, I mean, it's hard for me. I know when I laugh, I laugh loud. <laughs> yeah. But remember that it's audio and when you laugh, get away from the microphone if you're a loud laugher like I am. Uh, well, and I will also say, check your levels after you record. Yes. Because it's so annoying. I know that people, some people that when they don't live in the city, they don't have to take trains. Maybe they listen to their podcast in their car. So they don't really need uh, that high volume. Right. But we live in the city and every time I'm listening to a podcast episode that is recorded so low that when I'm on the train and the train is coming into the station, the sound goes off and I cannot listen and I, 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 everything gets lost because I can't listen. It's so frustrating. Yeah. So I think that's another tip. Just after you're done or while you're recording, check your levels in order to see that in, if you're in your headphones, you can listen to it perfectly, then it's okay. Yeah. I mean, and another thing on the technical aspect is when we've had guests via FaceTime or Google Hang Hangouts. Google Hangout. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are levels. Yeah. We had that one episode with Greed where we had some feedback mm -hmm. and that taught us to use headphones. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's another thing, you know, when you want to incorporate other elements, you, you raise the bar and now you have to pay attention to the levels of the audio and the static and the feedback and all these things. And yeah, it makes it a little more complicated, but you know what? At the end of the day, you have a better episode. You have something that maybe is re-listenable. You and know. you're learning while you're going. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's number six. That's podcasting is strictly audio. Yes. No visual. Um, any, any tips that you can share, Carla? I, I did my list. That's my six, <laughs> my top six. Yeah. What you got? Um, I think that it's just don't be afraid. Um, at the beginning, it's a little bit weird. Um, when you starting to do a podcast because it's different than a live stream when you are expecting people to be there. Right. But in a podcast, you're basically recording it. Let's say if we're pre-recording, sometimes we record it even two weeks ahead for the episode to come out on the day, the two weeks after. So just don't be afraid um it's gonna take maybe a little time for you to feel comfortable and talk and um just express yourself but it's not a big deal after you start doing it i think you're gonna enjoy it if you like to talk <laughs> um and if you like to share stories and i feel another point will be um when you are selecting what are you gonna talk about just really think about something that you relate to yeah something that you like something that you feel passionate about because that's gonna be the easiest um when it's time for you to record and maybe you don't feel like it <laughs> yeah all right i hope this helps you guys out there all you future podcasters listening to us 
uh, if we inspired you and influenced you into starting a podcast, give us a goddamn shout out. Give us a review <laughs> on our podcast before you move on and become famous with your podcast. Exactly. Um, but uh, but we encourage you know we encourage a, a community. You know, so if there's any people out there trying to start a podcast, let us let us know if you started one. Follow us on Instagram, Cortez NYC live stream. Let us know if you started your own podcast or if you're somebody who has been podcasting for a little while and you want to share your podcast with us. Uh, we can give you a shout out. Yeah, we need more voices like ours. So just go ahead and podcast. <laughs> It's culture talk. And it's Mother's Day for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Culture talk. All right, so this culture talk, we're going to do a movie review. Yes. We're reviewing like Water for Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally. <laughs> finally. We've talked about it so much on this podcast. Finally, we're going to review it. Um, this is the very brief summary of it on IMDb. <laughs> like Water for Chocolate is a drama romance from 1992. When tradition prevents her from marrying the man she loves, a young woman discovers she has a unique talent for cooking. That's it. That's it? That's, That's it. all they say? <laughs> I can read it twice if you want. When tradition prevents oh her from marrying the man she loves, a young woman discovers she has a unique talent for cooking. All right, so we're going to give you our summary. Basically, a woman is prevented from marrying... A young girl is prevented from marrying somebody that she's in Be- love with. Because she's the youngest in the family. And tradition says Tradition she says she has to stay taking care of the mother. Right. And because of that, uh, the guy that she's in love with ends up marrying her uh, sister. Messed, so messed up. Ends up marrying her sister just to be near her. And in the process, along the way, we have this magical realism stuff where the girl, the main character, discovers that she's cooking and she's her tears go into the food and it makes everybody sad. And her rose petals that the guy gave her, love, love, some flowers or something, end up becoming so. passionate and sexual and everything. We'll get into that. Yeah. But it's all magical. It's in her all food. about magic. Magic in her food. And it's told from the story, from the perspective of like her later relatives yeah her great granddaughter or whatever yeah. it might be just like coco just like coco that's <laughs> true actually yeah all right uh just a quick note so this the one interesting thing that i learned about now i think we both discovered this is that the director is alfonso arau and i think that his wife is the one who wrote the novel ah yeah right the, uh-huh. the, the writer is laura esquival uh-huh, Esquivel. Yeah. yeah so it's a husband and wife and the wife wrote a novel and so he ended up directing the movie the novel came out before obviously the movie and yeah so he directed the movie and i think it's a good no no pun intended but it's a good marriage between writer and director there because the movie feels like a poetic story and it's it's very Mm -hmm. good did you like the movie let's start with that well, I thought I liked it the first time, but this time for the review, I was like, oh my God, this is so annoying. <laughs> it's, it was, and that's my first point. It was super long. Um, it's super long. It's super dramatic. Uh, yeah. The way the mother talks is like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you don't love your daughter at all. Yeah, I think, I think I've, I've seen this movie maybe, this might be the sixth time that I've seen it oh, wow. over the years. I saw it when it first came out. You know, this is 92. Yeah. So I was, I was 20. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, watching it now, it really looks like an overdramatic novella. I still think it has value. I think there's still something to be, you can still recommend it to people. Um, but I think it's very dramatic. No, yeah, the, there's things there that... Very novella. Yeah, like there's some elements, if you take those elements and maybe you try to make another movie, um, leaving behind the drama of church and freaking tradition and family tradition, that was so, oh my God, crazy. Yeah, I don't know if people still feel that way. Exactly. So let's say if you want to make a remake of this movie at this time, maybe, yeah, you can leave the magical realism of your emotions into the food and how your emotions translate to others through food but in a different setting i don't think that will work anymore yeah 
I think I think you could <laughs> you could also maybe leave behind some of the uh, I'm gonna marry your sister. Oh my to- god! <laughs> what a stupid plan! It's <laughs> a stupid plot. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna marry your sister to stay near you. That's that was weird. So horrible. All yeah. right. So in general, yes, we like it, but it's a hesitant recommendation but still we would recommend it now let's just get into some of the points yeah, that we saw throughout the movie yeah let's do it, let's do it. so the movie the movie the title is interesting just starting with that i that's one of my first notes it's an interesting title um like water for chocolate had me curious when i first heard it in spanish it sounds interesting and in english also interesting um i just imagine something you know because in spanish culture hot chocolate mm-hmm. you know is a thing and, I, uh, I feel like it's like water for chocolate i'm ready for you yeah like I'm ready for anything. Yeah. Um, the theme music is memorable. When I heard the theme music, I haven't heard it since I first, you know, way, or a few years back since I've watched it, I rewatched it, and uh, watching it now, I'm like, wow, yeah, the theme music is pretty good. You know, so it 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 opens up with the girl, the the great granddaughter, whatever, in the kitchen, and she's cooking, and she's starting to re- reflect on her stories of her grandmother, grandmother, and whoever. Yeah. And, and she starts telling all these stories, you know, how almost like a recipe book, like when you're cutting onions, make sure that you do this, because if you do that... Uh-huh. Then, then, then. For me, um, I have a note here that it was very impactful images when there's somebody that is giving birth and wow. supposedly <laughs> the tears were converted into salt. Yeah. So they actually show... Um, it's like they show as if she's giving birth and you actually see the tears and then they have like packages of salt on that the they're floor, yeah. on the floor and they're picking it they're up. They're sweeping it up, yeah. They're sweeping it up because she cried so much. And she gave birth in the kitchen. And she gave birth, Symbo- exactly. Symbolically in the kitchen gave birth. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. So that was a crazy image and yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, right out the gate, they start introducing that Gertrude is the, the, all the drama in the family Gertrude is not really the daughter they already hinted to you right away there's like spoilers right up front mm-hmm. like Gertrude is not the daughter but actually the daughter of the mulatto who is the lover of the fa- of the mother, the, mother. The, the mean mother who's restricting the daughter from being following her heart who's actually Tita. had Tita yeah the main character the, the the mother who's the mean one actually had a secret lover and had a one of the daughters is, is the product of that yeah, so so she's she's trying to make Tita or Tita, um, which is the main character, uh, to be this perfect daughter, and that she has to follow tradition, and that she has to follow the rules. But she, the mother wasn't a saint; like she yeah. did her things. And at the end of the day, she even had a daughter with that guy and i think i think the fact that the mother is so so mean such a such a dictator yeah figure and such a wicked stepmother type of character that and they tell you right at the gate that she did something dirty she has a, a secret makes you hate her even more throughout the whole movie exactly it makes you like right at the gate be like i hate this bitch and then throughout the movie you're like oh my god i hate this woman oh my god i hate this woman because throughout the the movie she is making Tita's life impossible. Yeah. Like every single thing uh, Tita does is something that is wrong, that she cannot, and she actually approves everything that makes Tita sad. Yeah. Early on, we get uh, the guy Pedro, who is the lover that, that Tita falls in love with, the guy that she falls in love with. He proclaims his love to Tita. He comes up to her. He's like, oh, my God, I love you, blah, blah, out of nowhere, which is, uh-huh. like, so dramatic. It's like, oh, my God, I, I saw you, and now I love you. Yeah. And he proclaims his love to her, and then the mom finds out and says, no, you're not allowed. Because, you will not be with that man. But it, but it wasn't, <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't because he was any type of man. It was just because she was supposed to stay there with her Yeah. because she was the youngest. Yeah. And she told her like that, no. You cannot get married because you're the youngest. And your responsibility is to stay with me and take care of me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Really? And and so then right away, they introduce also uh, Chencha and Nacha. The old lady? The old lady who's like the, the sirvienta, the, the, sirvienta, the maid. Yeah. She's the cook. Yeah. And they're like more indigenous type of Mexicans. They have the very indigenous like Mexican Pueblo type of accent. There's a classism that is shown in this movie between There's- the aristocratic you know spanish people mexicans and then the Mm -hmm. more like 
serv servant type of uh, Mexican. There's a kind of colorism there. Yeah, there's a colorism. Colorism too. and classism because the way they talk, you can even listen in the way they talk. The maids, they use kind of like more a campesino accent. Yeah. And then the the women of the house, they, they're all talking in this like neutral Mexican accent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so they, they introduce these characters right out in, in up front. And then Pedro decides to marry Rosaura because he's not allowed to marry Tita. So he says, all right, fine, I'll, I'll marry your sister, Rosaura. Everybody's like, what the hell? Uh, Chencha's like, what? What is this? How can you, you know, how can a, a man just change his love right at, like that? You can't just change. Uh, she says a funny thing. She says something like, you, no puedes cambiar tamales por something. Like she yeah, said some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. A food metaphor. Like everything's food in this in this uh, yeah. in this movie. Um, but so then right out the gate, I the grandmother, well, not the grandmother. I keep thinking she's the grandmother. The, the la sirvienta, the nacha. Yeah. She starts to consult Tita, and that's where this whole mythology comes in. Where, that's where I started questioning, and I remember telling you, like, am I supposed to believe that this is really happening, or is this just Nacha inventing stuff to make her feel better, telling her, no, 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 he's really marrying your sister just to be closer to you, mm -hmm. or, or, or is it real? Because it sounds far-fetched that somebody would do that. Yeah. So yeah. it starts to play with your trust in the narrator. You're not sure whether you can trust the narrator that is the narrator telling you the truth or is the narrator telling you myth. Well, but then it's after that is when she... So it's the day of the wedding and Tita has to do the, the cake. The wedding between Pedro and Rosaura, and Rosaura. Tita's sister. Yeah, that's okay. it. Right. And it's, it's an old-time wedding. Yeah. With a, with a song and a, and a mood like a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like a funeral. Yeah, so... Um, Tita is in charge of making the cake for the wedding. And she starts crying and her tears go into the wedding cake. And then when everybody's eating the cake at the wedding, everybody starts crying and they get a stomach intoxication and every, everybody starts throwing up in, in the um, wedding party. So uh -huh. they're, they're sharing in her pain of, of uh -huh. longing for somebody that they couldn't be with. Uh-huh. And, and even the priest is, is crying. Everybody's like sad and crying. And everybody at the wedding that's eating this cake that yeah. she cooked with her tears is crying. And she was it's hilarious. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Quickly after that, uh, we find out Nacha's dead. I know. Right after this wedding. Yeah. The cake got to her. Yeah. The sadness got so dramatic. So deep into her soul. <laughs> that Nacha couldn't handle it. And, and she died. Who knows what dark secrets Nacha had. Exactly. You see? you see? Yeah. She probably had some dark secrets in the closet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And that's why she's dead. So Nacha's dead, and then <laughs> it's the wedding night, and Pedro doesn't want to. <laughs> he doesn't want to fuck Rosaura. He doesn't want to no. sleep with her. And that's another thing. Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I think I didn't realize that on the first time I watched it. But this movie is super old, and they have super old school rituals because in on the wedding night she had to wear like this, um, what is it like like a sauna, like a blanket? Yeah. It, it's like a light blanket that it has like a little hole, and that way they will know if she lost the virginity or not because the blood will go there. <laughs> so I was super weird when I saw it on this. This time I was like, wow. So he married the sister and is with her for three months before he finally has sex with yeah. Rosaura. And it's just a quick one-two, a very religious ceremonial sexual act, and it's and over. And with a prayer and everything before you do it. And she's pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was pregnant right at the gate? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and, then, and then Pedro gives gives tita some flowers this is the part where he gives tita flowers on the low he sneaks off and gives her some some flowers and tita takes those flowers and cooks uh with the flowers that pedro gave her yeah oh and that's when it, it sparks the passion and the excitement because now because now everybody now tita realizes that pedro does have hidden feelings for her and that he still loves her yeah that he did it for her so she takes those those feelings and these flowers and and makes a, a, a some sort of bird like a yeah, small yeah. hen or something yeah and she makes it with the little flower petals around it and then everybody that's at the table is cooking and is eating this this 
plate that she made they start getting all passionate and hot and heavy and then uh that's when the sister Gertrude, goes out Gertrudis, the sister runs out naked she runs out to take a shower because she can't shower. she's so hot yeah she's gotta take out tear off her clothes goes into the outhouse or the out the, the shower out back takes a shower the steam is everywhere that the, the shower bursts into flames her no that her um smell goes out into her pheromones, the, yeah, her pheromones, yeah. Into the environment, and then men are coming into where she is, but specifically this one man, which is going to be her husband. He's like a rebel. He's a in rebel. The, in, the, uh, in, the, in the revolution. Yeah. So he comes to, on, a horse. on a horse to her, and then she gets out of the shower naked, and she goes out. She she starts running with him. She jumps on the horse and runs away like and a fairy tale. Yeah. So we're looking at it and you're like, is this real? Is this not real? What's going on? And then everybody that's watching it is like, oh my God, I can't believe whatever. But then they go and they tell them, they tell the mother and the mother's like, I don't want anything to know to do with her. Yeah. And and then they they find out that no, it's, the truth is that Gertrudis was working at a brothel mm-hmm. in town. Mm-hmm. So she had her own little dark secret. Mm-hmm. And I guess this rebel this revolutionary rebel was maybe one of her clients or something they must they must have had a previous relationship mm-hmm. um here they introduce a doctor the, the gringo doctor which is hilarious he's a he's an american living in mexico and he's a doctor they introduce him to the, that as a character in the movie and he he's the, the family doctor and he speaks with a funny accent because he's got that gringo accent yeah that they used to do in the movies all the time with the heavy heavy uh, english american sound Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a nice guy though I liked him he was a nice guy and they play him off as a nice guy and he's he is basically the nice guy who gets dumped part exactly. of the plot yeah he's part of the plot for that um, along the way Rosaura's son dies um, so Rosaura was pregnant from Pedro Rosa, uh, Rosaura gets sick Tita has to take care of the, of the, the little Roberto baby and the baby dies when they pull the baby away from Tita. And this is like a whole big thing of like, you know, they should have left the baby with Tita. But because they pulled the baby away from Tita, the baby died. Which also sounds like crap that your grandmother would tell you or your mom would tell you to make yeah. up some stories. Some yeah, of course. <laughs> died of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. In the process of this with the baby dying tita screams at her mother and tells her but why did you take the baby away from me and the mother smacks her up with a wooden spoon which is hilarious it's crazy <laughs> a mother i'm beating. telling you the mother is fucking crazy she's Hitting just you with like... a giant wooden spoon is hilarious that's a hilarious image yeah and uh and tita has a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. and she ends up in the in the uh chicken coop naked in a chicken coop oh and, yeah she goes crazy and uh and that's where tita gets a giant blanket and she goes to live with the doctor yeah with the gringo the she's tita's living a great life with this doctor staying away from the family and at this point i was like that's where the movie should have ended exactly. right there it should have ended with her meeting the doctor the doctor takes care of her lets her understand things about life and lets her understand things about her family being crazy and says stay with me and she says yes but nope she ends up mm-hmm. going back to pedro Going back to Rosaura, going back to that house. That's when Rosaura has the second child. Yeah. And then uh, Tita, you know, ends up going taking to, care of going, the child. Going to take care of the child. And Tita and Pedro see each other again. Um, and at that point, Tita is taking care of Rosaura's daughter because I, I think there Rosaura was also feeling bad. I don't know what happened with Rosaura. But every time she will have children, she cannot take care of them. So Tita took care of Roberto and then she was taking care of the daughter too afterwards. All right. Well, so we we can keep going on and on with all the scenes. And this movie's got too many little scenes to go through everything. Too many, too much magical realism. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are going to have to watch it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But the bottom line of the plot, all spoilers and everything is that Tita and Pedro eventually do end up getting together. Yeah. For a hot, passionate night that ends up engulfing them in flames. Oh, yeah, that's right, right? And that's the end of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so stupid. You know what? Instead, I was so upset that Pedro has this stupid plan. He was with Tita's sister, Rosaura, had two children with her, and then at the end of the day, fucking Tita is still going back to him. I'm like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. And and then when at the end of all of it, you know, Tita and Pedro end up together and as old as old people. Yeah, you know, because they were all exactly the, um Pedro's daughter it was she was already grown because it was her um wedding. wedding. Her wedding, yeah. Another generation last, of yeah. her wedding and and the daughter marries the son of the doctor of the, the, doc the yeah. doctor novela novela yeah. 101 yeah so i think when they get engulfed in flames and all this stuff and then it transitions to the present where we started the movie from which is the great granddaughter or whatever it is sitting in a in a kitchen and talking about like and this is what makes me think of and i always think of my great grandmother yeah. whatever it is that she's saying you know i think of the past and all that when i'm cooking and it makes me think of them and i, I think she says she puts it said well yeah in her head or something like that yeah 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 that is weird to me it's funny it's like all this crazy drama and deaths and all this stuff and you're making it seem like it's so normal and it's so good and let me remember this while i'm cooking and, and it's my my heritage <laughs> and that's what we do and that's my family yeah. nobody wants to remember that so bottom line is we recommend it i think i think this movie is hilarious if you like novelas it's, it's perfect um, i think you have to be patient because in, at the beginning, when I first saw it, I felt like the movie was in a good rhythm. But now, watching it again, it's a little bit slow. Yeah. And it's a lot of things that they don't make sense. So you just have to play with it. Go with it. All right. You wanted me to teach you, right? Bueno, hablando español, Carla, what do you have for me? Okay. First word, broadcast. Broadcast. Trans transmitir? Transmission? How do you know? Really? Transmitir. Is it? Transmitir. Yeah, there you go. I'm good, Carla. What? I'm good. I'm so Spanish. I thought I was going to, to get you. Oh, please. What? I'm going to get you with my list. Go ahead. Serious? Keep going. Keep going. Let's go. We don't have that much time. Dale. Package. Package. Oh, you got me with that one. Package. I don't know package. Eh, empacar? No. Empacar? To package is empacar. So but package is paquete. 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 All right. All right. <laughs> Next one, topics. Topics. Temas. Mm -hmm. All right. Concept. Concept. Concepto. Yes. I got these. Schedule. Schedule. Oh, that's a good one. Schedule. Horario? Yeah. Horario. Yeah. To tell stories. Contar historias. Yes. Got it. Carla, come on now. And this is the last one I have. Water. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Carla, you just like threw that, right? Like, ah, just water. Water. Agua. Agua. Okay. No, what's next? Chocolate? Chocolate. How do you say chocolate? Yeah, chocolate is too easy. It's the same, same exact thing. All right, I got some for you. Go. How do you say wedding? What is the, the correct way to say wedding? Well, we have two ways. There you go. So give me the two ways. Um, we have boda. Boda, just boda. Boda. B-O-D-A, boda. B-O-D-A, boda. Okay. And we have matrimonio. Matrimonio, but matrimonio is... Marriage. Is a marriage. I think matrimonio and marriage, which is it's like the concept of somebody being married and the wedding y la boda is the party, I feel. Is the, right? pa is the party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the party. But do you say when you're getting married in church... Para tener una boda. Una boda por la iglesia. Really? Yeah. So, Why? So, I don't know. It sounds boda to me sounds like a party, but not like a ceremony. Boda sounds like. Is that people people use? I know what you mean because sometimes people use matrimonio 
when they're trying to talk about the ceremony and they say el matrimonio será por lo civil o el matrimonio será por la iglesia that's another way to do it too. and then la boda which means like the ceremony is the, is the party afterwards yeah is the event but it's, it's used interchangeably alright you taught me something next in this movie they had rose petals uh-huh. that she was cooking with how do uh-huh. you say rose petals pétalos de rosa pétalos pétalos de rosa okay pétalos de rosa rose petals um this one always throws me off and it's a stupid thing and you would think that i would know it every time but it always makes me pause how do you say kitchen in spanish what yep go ahead cocina cocina it throws me off because cocina always makes my brain go to cooking uh-huh cocinar uh-huh but kitchen and cooking is two different words in english yeah, but in Spanish, yeah, yeah. cocina y cocina is this is the same basic root <laughs> That's word. Interesting. So that always throws me off. Yeah. When when I have to say cocina, I pause. When I say cocinar, I pause because uh-huh. I have to think for a second. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So kitchen is cocina. All right. Um, this one you might not know, and I don't know, but in the movie she was in a chicken coop. How do you say chicken coop? Where yeah. they keep the chickens. Como un corral. Es como un corral, pero... Uh, no sé si le llaman a something. Because when, when it's something related to chicken or birds, it's like como un vivero. Yeah. It might be that. But the viv... Is, is it like a vivero because it's where they keep the chicken up before they're going to kill them? Hmm. Or where they raise the chicken? Well, I have the word, Carla, since oh, you didn't no. know. Y tú que eres bien puertorriqueña, bien boricua de la isla. Donde Pero hay, yo no donde soy del hay, campo. Donde Mi abuela tan, era del campo, le tengo que preguntar. Donde hay tantos... Cuando la ven soñitos. Ajá. Uh-huh. All right, so chicken coop in Spanish is gallinero. A un gallinero. Oh, oh, of course, eso. of course. I knew it was a gallinero. I knew it, I knew it. Pero ¿cómo se llama en inglés? A chicken coop. A chicken coop? Coop, C-O-O-P. Como un coop? Like the coop, where we go to eat the restaurant, yeah, the coop, yeah, the Korean yeah. barbecue place. The coop? Yeah. A chicken coop is... A chicken coop es un gallinero. Es un gallinero. Yo sabía eso. Stumped Carla, as always. Uh, this is messed up. All right, episode 20, done. Yes, and again, we want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. We hope you're having a great Sunday, great weekend, great week, great year. Thank you for everything (laughs) you do for us. (laughs) Love you. And now that we shared all our podcasting secrets with everybody, I hope to hear all these new podcasts out there coming up. Just leave us your comments on Instagram. Let us know what you think. And maybe if you're starting a new podcast... Follow us and give us a shout out. All right. So next next episode is going to be episode 21, Technology. We're going to have special guests. Guillotine Cuts are back. Yes. They are back in the house. We're going to be talking about what computer apps, what phone apps, what technology we use on a daily basis to create things and for entertainment. Yes. And on Culture Talk, we're going to be talking about the Latino experience with technology. You know, when you have your family on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> social media. Yeah. All social media. What do we do? We're going to tell you. And at the end, as always. Hablando Español. <laughs>